so I was walking down to go to, towards the tunnel and Ronaldo was coming down the same time. And I was just like, oh, f- it, I'll chance it. Yeah. And just said, like, jerseys. And he kind of pointed to someone and I was like, basically it was a fat no. You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill. Welcome to House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. I am Eric Lawler and delighted to say that my two guests this week are much-travelled footballer Killian Sheridan and Irish soccer TV pundit and former League of Ireland legend Alan Cawley. Lads, you're very, very welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Killian, I'll start with you. How are you? Very good. Thanks it, for the... It's great to have you. Yeah, no, happy to be here. Yeah, it's, 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 is, it, is it often you get home to Ireland? Only, only for this. Especially only, for this. Especially for in, this. In and out, yeah. We are deeply honoured. Al, how are you? I'm great, Eric. Good yeah. to see you. Yeah. As you were doing the intro there, the much travelled footballer, I was thinking, oh, here we go again. But I've never been in the company of a more much travelled footballer. Than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally, I'm the one that's getting the slag for all the clubs, Eric. But Killian, uh, yeah, I mean, you've had a lot of clubs in the League of Verona, but mm. Killian, man, has had... Like, so I feel, I actually feel quite happy with that. Normally, I'm the one getting the stick, Eric. So. Like, Killian, like, uh, do you have an age? Have you had the same age in your whole career? Yeah, pretty you, much. You yeah. have. Yeah. Like, and is yeah. he, is, does he... Does he do hallucinogenics or what's the story? <laughs> like, like, do you do you give him? Do you do you say to him, um, "I am open to anything"? Because obviously you've travelled all around Europe, played your football everywhere. Did you say to him, "I will never say no to anything. I will just I will I will consider every club in every country." Yeah, I Is think I think after I ended up in Israel, up in the Golan Heights. <laughs> That was, I think, when he realised yeah, he'll go anywhere. This man will do anything. This man will do anything. We'll just have a quick recap of the, the weekend that was in football. Of course, um, Arsenal, I suppose, dropped two points at Anfield when, in a spectacularly entertaining 2 all draw with Liverpool at Anfield and kind of handed the title initiative back to, uh, to Manchester City. In the League of Ireland, uh, Rovers won the big Dublin derby. Uh, Bowes bounced back, beat Derry last night, and now six points clear, which is phenomenal for Declan Devine's fourth season in the League of Ireland. And the Irish women gave a great, great account themselves against the world champions America in America. They played a second match tomorrow. They were defeated two 0 but really played well and had a goal disallowed and and really put it up to the world champions. So that augurs well for the forthcoming World Cup. But um, I suppose the big story over the weekend was, or the, the most bizarre story over the weekend was the uh, the elbow incident on Andy Robertson Boyd, the linesman, um, and 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 the subsequent reaction to that. Roy Keane calling him a big baby for complaining. Killing, did you see the incident? What did you make of the? Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? No, no. I saw the headline, and then I was thinking it can't be as bad as, the as what the headline suggests. says. Yeah. And then I saw, it and I was like. It's a full-on elbow, Mentally, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, like, have you ever seen that like that? Album? Never, Eric, and all. And I've, I've been one over the years to give referees plenty of stick. Yeah. Obviously, in the role that we're in now, we're criticising refs. It's a hot topic at the moment in the league after Damien Duff's comments last week. So... I'm here for the referees fighting back and the linesmen. To play devil's advocate, uh, what would you do if you got an elbow in the face yeah, was, uh, of a referee or a linesman? It was a bizarre situation, I have to say. It really was. And to answer your question, I know I've never, ever seen it in all my life. But what but, would you do if you got an elbow in the face? Well, of he'd be getting one back. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Killian? Are you, are you a fighter or a lover? You couldn't, you couldn't go down after like holding your face because you're, you're not trying to get them. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it's a player, you might do it and try to get them sent off. But Exactly. It, yeah, was, it was unbelievable. It was yeah. actually unbelievable. And you're on about Keane's comments as well. You'd have to say they were brilliant, the comments. And and he was crying like a little baby Robertson, wasn't he? Wasn't he just? Um, and of course, like Keane is there like, for his uh, for his sound bites rather than his football analysis. And like the amount of memes that are going around now at the moment with just that comment, baby, baby. What's the worst <laughs> football insult you've ever heard? The worst football insult? <laughs> yeah, like... Oh. Where do we start? Eric? On the pitch. Sorry, on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> I know a bit of sledging goes on. Yeah, I don't think we're good at... Listen, we, look, because it's a podcast and we're, and we're independent, we can, we can say the odd little F and C here. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We can say the, the odd little... We're I'm not sure, Killian. Litigus. I've, do you mean from fans or from other players or... Or the funniest or anything from the fans or the players? I've had... Well, I had a bad one last season. Oh, really? With Dundee, at Dundee because my... I had longer hair. And I had it tied up and I went up for a header. And the guy's, he's fouled me. I won a free kick, but it ended up not to be a good thing. And the uh, defenders like grabbed the, one of the bobbles out and it's fell on the ground. So I'm on the ground looking for us for like five seconds. Realise I'm not going to, I'm not going to find it. And it was a nighttime game as well. And then afterwards, Charlie Adam has taken the free kick quickly. Instead of waiting for me to get into, we were losing 4-0 as well, which okay, makes right. us yeah. 10 times worse. And, um, 
I'm on. I'm looking to the bench to try and get another another bobble. Ian Ian Lawler, Ian Lawler, the goalkeeper, um, oh, was on the bench. Yeah. Dublin, yeah, 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 yeah. And he had one on his wrist. I think it's like from his girlfriend, like a good luck thing oh, or something. No so he's like quickly gave it to me. So I've put it on, but Charlie's gone and taken the free kick. So fans were going mad, like fucking Killian's our six foot three striker. <laughs> Off and the pitch and we're putting a long ball into the box. And he's off fixing I'm, his hair. I'm not. <laughs> well, I wasn't really, but I that's know how it looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the next day or the two days after us, no, nowhere picked it up. Like it wasn't in, obviously a few Dundee fans weren't, weren't happy. Um, but the only like news outlet that picked it up was the Irish Mirror. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know how they got it. Yeah. And then when they, they ran with it, it's kind of, it always got brought up then, then since. Like, I mean, it, I'm not sure. It kind of was a bit self-inflicted. But. Am I more surprised the fact that you were getting the stick or the goalkeeper that has the thing on his hand? <laughs> <laughs> Ian Lawler, yeah. Ian Lawler from Blanchestown Finest. He's, I think he was at Man City, wasn't he? He came through Man City's academy yeah. and yeah. Uh, and he's kind of, is he still with Dundee? Yeah, 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 he is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very promising young keeper at the time. Mm. I don't know whether, um, he probably ended up back at Bowes. Please God. Anyway, doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, Killian, just, just to start with you, like I suppose, you, you hail from Baileyborough and Cavan. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Both of you have a connection. Both of you have a connection. Both of you play for Belvedere. We yeah. did. Yeah. Back and it's gas. Day. Like, from Sligo, mm-hmm. yourself, Al, and from Cavan, yeah. yourself. Uh, so, was the reason to go down to Dublin to play for Belvedere, obviously to get noticed? Was that the, the whole reason behind it? It was mine, yeah. I remember when I was maybe 15, 14 or 15, and Sean McCaffrey took me to... Sean McCaffrey, great Sean McCaffrey, yeah. Irish Trials. For like the under 15s and it was just when I was playing for Bailey Celtic like I wasn't it may be like you turn up on Saturday morning playing and that was like that was your football for the week mm. uh, and they they basically said look if you want to go and try get into Irish squads and, and get better then you'll need to go up to be seen play in Dublin yeah yeah um, and that's how I that's that was basically the and did you, did you I, have I to go train as well with the Belvedere team, to yeah. Be, so once, you up and up and yeah, down to Dublin three yeah. times the a week. First, my first year there it was training on a Wednesday evening in the Oscar Trainer, yeah, Oscar Trainer Centre, yeah, yeah, and then play on a Saturday morning. And then for the last two years it was training on a Saturday morning with games on a Sunday morning. Wow, so it was my full weekend, yeah. All right, they must have wanted me more because I didn't have to train. Her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to just rock up on a Sunday. Oh, just play. I know, but it was um, similar story like that. Obviously coming from Sligo, but. Um, a, f- a fella, I was playing a schools match one day and Killian Lowe, this is like a schools match in the country in the middle of Ballyhonis, one man and his dog out <laughs> on a Tuesday morning watching a schools match. But it happened to be Nathan Murphy from News Talk, his dad, Michal. Yeah. So Michal was at the match and like when you think about it now, he comes up and asks me for my number after the match, whereas imagine that was done now with a fella coming up asking a young kid after a match. You oh, can imagine. I know, yeah. <laughs> so so, so Michal came yeah. up and... True to his word, anyway, he rings me the house phone at the time. There was no mobile. Rings the house phone and says, look, I spoke to me dad and said, I saw your young lad playing in a match last week and there's Irish trials next weekend. I think he should go. Whereas there was no one pushing us in Sligo at the time. So fair play to me, Hall. We went up to the trial. Things went well anyway. Got picked for the Irish squad. But Vincent Butler, who was the manager at under 15s at the time, was heavily involved with Belvedere, an absolute Belvedere legend, Vincent Butler. Um, so he said to me then, after I had gone to Leeds on trial, they wanted me to, I said I'd stay in Ireland for another year before I go over and sign. So they said, if you're going to go home for that year, you need to be playing at the highest level that right. you can play, which is the DDSL. Yeah. So Vincent then said, look, we'll facilitate that. And we had a team, I think nine of us went away to England at the end. Of the, we had a couple of other lads coming from the country, but Wezzo was playing on our team as well. You played with Wezzo at yeah. Belvedere as well. I yeah. remember I remember listening to you before in an interview and uh, I think it was your first match for Belvedere and there was this mm. little kid in the warm-up. Good memory, went, good knowledge. <laughs> and you went over to Adas <laughs> I don't know who the little kid is I think he's a mascot and then he pulled on the jersey exactly, and played yeah. and he was like a wizard on the ball that's exactly it we <laughs> really, were, yeah. the first day we were up there yeah um, now I had seen Wezzo play before at a couple of the trials but when we went up anyway he was warming up alongside us but I was thinking to myself this little lad can't play because he was literally that size and like as Eric said went over to me dad threw him a top uh, as we were about to get the game started and the manager's 5-11 to 11, he's thrown out the jerseys so he throws number 11 to Little Wezzo and I'm thinking there's no way this little lad at, like at that stage 50, 15 years of age was big lads playing he absolutely tormented people and yeah. I'm sure from then on we all know what happened yeah. next 
I suppose they, they, both of you moved then from um, the comforts of Ireland uh, uh, abroad. Uh, Killian, you went to Celtic, which, which is, you know, obviously a massive move. Um, like, but did, did you have any trials with any other clubs before you moved to Celtic? Or Yeah, I went to, the very first club I went to was Norwich. Oh, that was right. the first trials I'd, I'd had. And I would have went a year after all the lads would have moved over to England. Right. So, so I never got trials until... I was maybe seventeen. Okay, and yeah. did you think? Did you think even then, even as a youngster, that the ship had sailed by, kind of thing, or did you still hold it? Hold? Kind of, yeah. Because right. when when all the lads would have been going over, like fifteen, sixteen, yeah, and then moving over to England, I hadn't even had a trial by then. Right. So I was kind of thinking, you're not that, re- that, not that really was how it was then, it, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Like, you kind of felt like I'm sure the same as that, Killian. If, as you said, you weren't going to fifteen, sixteen with the rest of them, it's like your chance is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Um, and so, and, and then the big move came, and you, and, and you moved to, to, to Celtic. Were you very much a homeboy killing before? You know, like when I say a homeboy, I don't mean like a rapper. I mean, were you, were you, were you used to being a home? Well. <laughs> <laughs> we get to that in a few minutes. I mean, like, did you? Did you? Were you yeah, sorry, like, did, did homesickness ever come into it when when you moved to Celtic? Not really, no. no? Because I think there was so many. There was a few lads already over there. So, Irish lads, yeah. Paul Cahillan, who I was with at Belvedere, right was there for the year before so when I went there like there was some familiar faces there was other guys Paul Skinner was in my um, Irish under 16s and 17s teams okay so there's a few familiar so there faces was some there familiar faces uh, Graham Carey was there as well oh Graham yeah who like when I was going over there then there was a few other Irish boys and it's Scottish and Irish I think are quite similar yeah yeah so that um, helped these easy, and yeah win. there was never yeah. any I never, never really suffered with homesickness. Yeah, Some as you the, as you prove for the rest of your so, career. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, pro- I probably got on too well. Yeah, yeah. I was the complete opposite. Eric. I right. was a nightmare that first year. That's I was, was going to ask you. Uh, was, was it was it was it difficult for you? Yeah, yeah. I was just coming from Sligo, small town. Uh, I didn't know any different, I suppose, in terms of being and, out in the big bright lights. And the Leeds United that you joined was the Dave O'Leary Leeds, yeah. who were very successful Place Champions League. Abso- Ian Hart, as we absolutely had booming. On. So yeah. yeah, you had Harty on Gary Kelly, obviously a legend in yeah. Irish football as well. Steve McPhail, loads of Irish young lads. Alan Mabry, Damien Lynch, like was full of Irish. And David O'Leary and his babies. David O'Leary, baby yeah, another again. one, yeah. <laughs> so he, st- so Roy Keane stole it from O'Leary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I found it really hard to settle in at the start. Like the club were great now and all, in, in terms of flights home and stuff but the flights home that I was allowed I doubled okay. <laughs> it cost my fortune I must have the first year and it came to the point where I packed my bags and I just wanted to go home oh really yeah, you got to that point got to that stage. and did it affect your football did it affect your, your performance levels you think or N- not so much that it affected me football that first year because as Killian said our football growing up was just a case of you might be playing on the street your local team a couple of nights a week and you just go out and play a match on a Saturday morning and I treated England the same as if I was still playing with my schoolboy team back home. You were just going out playing a match on a Saturday and you weren't really thinking I'm playing right. for Leeds or yeah, yeah. Celtic or Liverpool yeah. or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it was only then when basically I had told them, look, I want to go home. The bags were packed. It was only for, and I did pack the bags one evening and booked the flight myself. And it was only for my dad said to me, look, he said, no problem coming home. We'll support you, whatever. Um, but he says, the club have been so good to you. Don't just up and leave. Go down to them the following morning. Sleep on it. Go down to them and explain, look, I've had enough. I want to go home. Why? So I went down the following morning. And that was great advice because once I spoke to them, then they said, look, go home for as long as you want. Three weeks, three months, whatever the case may be. But you need to make a decision. And if it's you're staying at home, you're staying at home. But if you're coming back, you're coming back to knuckle down and get stuck in. Right. And that was it. I I think I was three weeks at home, went back, and then just got stuck in after that. And okay, so yeah. so so you, you you just took three weeks to go home yeah. and deal with the the homesickness. Yeah, that you more were or less. Yeah, yeah. And then you went back. Yeah, because you wanted to give it a go. Yeah, I wanted to give it a go because it was such an opportunity. But the of problem course, is, yeah. our, and and I'm not sure if the same experience for Killian, but going away at 15, 16, whereas obviously we know now with the League of Ireland situation and lads going away that bit older, and Killian said he didn't suffer this homesickness because he was seventeen, that little bit older. I hadn't a clue of the opportunity that I had. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you say that to me now, I would have been in the gym, doing everything, yeah. living properly. Whereas at 15, 16, I was treating the game for Leeds on a Saturday morning like I was going out playing with the lads on the street. Right, okay. But, but that wasn't intentionally. I just, you don't realise the opportunity that you have. So, and who does a 15? Like, did you want, did you know you were going to be a famous actor at 15? <laughs> <laughs> I, but you don't, you don't. Famous actor? I think that's a bit of a stretch, Al, but um, uh, definitely a famous comedian because that's what I am. What? I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we'll, but you know uh, what I mean? Like, you yeah, don't. Yeah, so, no, like, you, you never know at that age what you want to be. I mean, even, even 
even today, kids in school and all that, and you have career guidance and all that. How do you know what you want to be as a kid? Like you, t- you make most of the decisions in you know your mid twenties, possibly. Like, yeah. as a, for a, and you live and learn as well, or you make mistakes and learn from them. Whereas the lads going away now, like the structure in the League of Ireland now, obviously with the academy setups that you have younger lads, and now they're going at maybe if they are going at 18, 19 they're going into a first team environment. Whereas we were going into underage team yeah. setups and all so you feel a bit more part of it you're that bit older you're that bit more mature but that was my own experience in that lead squad um, Alan you mentioned a couple of uh, Leeds players like Gary Kelly Ian Hart Steve McPhail uh, Alan Mabry was there like were, like did the Irish lads look out for you when you went over yeah. did you, like, who, who did you was there any other Irish players that were there that you thought they have a really great chance and it didn't quite work out for them or well Alan Mabry is my best mate to this day no still and I was best wow. man at his wedding so and I used to clean his boots and that's how we kind of formed a bit of a friendship and then I played in the reserves a lot with him he would have been right full I would have been right midfield so he's one but the best of them all was Gary Kelly was absolutely incredible to the young fellas and obviously he was in the first team he had experience it all himself he was very homesick apparently when he he was so homesick that as soon as he packed in he's home living in Drada now wow, Kells, okay. he, he right. was like as soon as I'm done here I'm going home living in Drada and, and, that's what he and he's at home now yeah. but he was unbelievable to the young lads that were over there and there was a lot of young lads Christmas time tips Boots, clean the boots, money for Christmas. And he, like, there would have been sponsorship deals for first team lads. He was always giving out the gear to the lads and all. Gary Kelly, an amazing fella. Love and Harty was the same. They were yeah. all really good, like, but yeah. Kelly was unbelievable. Um, but you, Killian, going over to Celtic as a, as a 17 year old, was it Killian? Was he went over yeah, as a 17 year old? Yeah. So, uh, how long did it take for the transition from going over to 17 year old to, to when you made your debut? What was it? What was How long did that take? Uh, I was relatively quick. So yeah. I think I went over in, would have been July. 2006 and then by February end of February I'd made my debut wow that is a quick turnaround within seven months there was injuries to the first team lots were you 18 at the time Killian making your debut it was was the weekend of my 18th birthday wow and I'm sure that weekend I was supposed to come home for like my 18th having a party and then got called into the squads last minute away to Inverness. And how did you feel about that? Did you, were you expecting it? Was there rumours? Did you get a hint of it? Uh, I was up training with them a few times. Right. Um, but I kind of, see, because I went over without the whole pressure of being in the youth team from like academy football. Right. And because it wasn't something that was always on my radar of being a footballer. Okay. Um, it was kind of like I took everything in my stride where it wasn't. So was there less, bec- less expectation from yeah, your point? Yeah, uh, from on myself. Right. From myself. So when I went up and like was training with the first team, I didn't really think of some of the things I'd be doing. Right, right, right. I'd just do it and without realising like what it meant. Yeah. And then I think that kind of helped me in terms of dealing with it without yeah. any yeah, pressure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, uh, so like some of, the, some of the great, like I mean, you look at your career, uh, particularly like even when we go back to Celtic, your first, uh, first cl- club, uh, Killian, you played in some amazing matches. Like you played against Man United. In the Champions League, uh, you played. You played in the. You played at Old Trafford. You played in two of the two legs, didn't you? Yeah, came yeah. on. I came on in Old Trafford. That was the first, the first game, and then I think we played them maybe a week later or two weeks later at Celtic Park. Yeah, but the one at Old Trafford I came on. I think we were losing three 0 Yeah, and uh, Gordon Strachan. Obviously, he knew the game was was done. He's gonna, uh, I'm going to give him a young striker some yeah, yeah, experience here. Brought me on for maybe fifteen minutes. 10, How did that fifteen feel? minutes. Uh, were you overall in any way? Were you nervous? Too, you don't I don't really, remember no? too much of it. Okay. No. Um, the bits I remember from it was surely Roy called you big baby when he came on. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he was injured at the. Oh no, he was. He was gone he was at God, that stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I came over the year he had just left Celtic, and then yeah. I came. Um, he left, and then the mid room for me to come in. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and like in that in the game at Old Trafford was, was Ronaldo. Ronaldo played in that game. All of them were. Uh, Tevez was Ronaldo still on the pitch. I remember Tevez Rooney, Johnny Evans cruyffed me in his own box. That wow. was one of the things I remembered. Like, <laughs> oh no. like I remember pressing it like 3 0 down. You're trying to do everything. Yeah. Running and pressing him in the box. And he just cruyffed me like so easily. Oh no. Johnny um, Evans. But Johnny Evans, now, in fairness, is, is a, a yeah. criminally underrated yeah. centre half, I yeah. think. Like, uh, really. I remember from the game, Rooney, obviously, like you knew, knew how good Wayne Rooney was, but just the way he was passing balls like yeah. just simple he'd, he'd drop deep and play it out to the full back but he'd zing everything like oh, it was just through the laces yeah like I had, I total had a, technique yeah there was a similar experience we played against um, and there's these players that you come across that just stand out Eric like that are you're thinking these are different from the norm and 
we played against it was Liverpool reserves at the time I was at Sheffield Wednesday and Gary McAllister and obviously I played in midfield but Gary McAllister who was in his 30s at this stage when he was with Liverpool and I always knew he was very good but it's only when you see him up close and personal and he was doing exactly that every single pass was Pink. those little daisy cutters yeah. just hovering yeah. over the grass unbelievable like literally and you hear the phrase like he's running the shore he's orchestrating everything he might as well have been going around with a bat on and just going I'm going to pass to you now you're going to pass to me then it's going to go here it's going to come back to me it's going to go up there. He was just unbelievable, McAllister. Yeah. It's great that you, you, you insight like, uh, like like with Rooney at that. It was that match, uh, Killian. Uh, I, I've read, obviously, I've done a little bit of research on you, and uh, one of the thing, one of there was a great Instagram post you had with all the jerseys. Where people were saying, "Did you swap jerseys with everybody?" And yeah. you didn't, didn't you? You didn't. You like, did you asked twice no. so in the, your career? That the first time I asked was the the return leg. It's at Celtic Park, Park, yeah. And um, I remember just coming off to, because I'd started the game, came off on like 60, 65 minutes. And I just could never feel like going from the bench, walking onto the pitch and to go get a jersey. jersey. Right. Just, all I thought was weird. Yeah. And uh, so I was walking down to go to, towards the tunnel and Ronaldo was coming down the same time. And I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll chance it. Yeah. And just said, like, jerseys. And he kind of pointed to someone and I was like, Basically, it was, a, it was a it was a fat no. Ah, okay, so someone right. someone in the game had already asked them, had yeah. already pulled them first, um, and then I'd done the same. I'd done the same with PK when we played Barcelona, and I was like, right, fuck it, I'll swallow my pride and go for it. And it was the same kind of meeting in the tunnel after the game, and it was the the exact. It was like a carbon copy of of the Ronaldo thing. He's like said something and pointed out to the pitch. You're probably thinking to yourself, these lads have a WhatsApp group. It's me. It must that. be me. It must be me. <laughs> Don't ever give this this fella yeah. jersey. <laughs> like, yeah, just go on Instagram. What about yourself, fans? Do you ever go anyone famous? Do you ever go you, after a you jersey? like this one? Um, now I can't be throwing the names like Piki and, <laughs> and Ronaldo, but Jordi Cruyff. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Over in we played the Maltese team in Europe with Pat's few years back and, you was playing for and them? he was involved with them yeah right. um, so after the match I kind of made a beeline and, and had asked something like that similar to Killian and said look any chance and, and they had the jersey He, did, I don't think he played in that second leg but because I had asked in the first match he had the jersey left out the kit man came out afterwards and says look it was uh, really yeah. good because we were going nice. on the bus and all came out with the jersey another one was Luke A remember the Deportivo game oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke A had signed with Newcastle at the time after and yeah. that Deportivo team again when Wezo was ran the game as we say like yeah. McAllister with the, the old Lansdowne yeah Rose. it was unbelievable yeah, yeah. but Luke yeah. a, um, was kind of one of their main players the left winger so I got his jersey in the second leg over in the the Vicente Calderon is that what it's called yeah yeah where yeah. would you put that Shelbourne team uh, in terms of the pantheon of great League of Ireland teams over the years Al because I mean Killian I know you're saying you're a little bit dis, you know disconnected from the league uh, on your travels and all that kind of thing but the Shelbourne team that Alan was part of uh, got like he's were in the qualifying round. If you won that match, you were into the group stages of the yeah. Champions League, and he's come through a few rounds at that stage. Beat some. Who did you just beat on the way? Um, like big some big clubs. Yeah, had like split. Remember Rogers' yeah. goal and yeah, yeah had split. Iceland, yeah. uh, K. R. as well, and, the, and it was a different structure then. I think it was three qualifying rounds the old way, yeah. and the third qualifying round gets you into the group stage. Whereas now there's. It's almost like the GA, there's back, back yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. in the back door and all yeah. this crack and you have a second chance in the Europa League and so all that. So you got to that final qualifying round and you were playing Deportivo when they were in their pump at the they height had, of I their fame. Was it the year before they got to the semi-final against AC Milan? Yeah. Or the year and he's played him at Lansdowne Road, the old Lansdowne Road, um, and he's played him away, but like, like gave such a great account of yourselves, like very, very close to getting through. It was the first time ever, Eric, I suppose in my experience being back in the League of Ireland that we actually felt like footballers because the whole country got in behind it whereas normally a League of Ireland footballer will tell you you play your game every week there might be a bit of talk about it on the Saturday or Friday slightly different now because the exposure is so good and there's a lot of hype around it but back then there was very little mm -hmm. but I remember travelling from Tala we stayed out in Tala the night before and we travelled in on the bus and there was just crowds of people outside the pubs around Lansdowne. Everybody knew this is the Shelburne team on the way to play Deportivo. Yeah. It was an unbelievable experience. And then, as you say, Drew Nil all, Wezzo was unbelievable. They played their full team. Yeah. Now, I don't know that they underestimate us a little bit in the first leg, but the second leg, it was nil all up to, I think, an hour in. Jason Byrne had an unbelievable chance as well to score when it was nil all. And then That's Jason Bourne the footballer, not the comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason Bourne, the comedian, would have scored this chance, Eric. <laughs> but um, they scored then a long-range shot, I remember, and the kind of floodgates opened a little bit as we pushed forward. It ended 3-0, but unbelievable experience. But mm -hmm. I suppose that team, as you say, it's hard to say different eras, 
but they're every bit as good as maybe what the Dundalk team was. Shamrock Rovers obviously won three in a row now. Mm-hmm. The, the great Shamrock Rovers team that everybody talks about, the four in a row team. But I'd say we're, we're, our squad was well up there with any of, the, any yeah, of those teams. I would say, and, 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 and as a Bowes fan, it pains me to say, but I'd agree with you. Yeah, they were, they were a fabulous uh, League of Ireland team. Uh, Killian, I wanted to talk to you about um, your Irish career. Um, three three senior caps, um, which is by no 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 mean achievement. Um, and uh, like, but also what I, what I'd like to say to Killian, you, you three senior caps, but also you, you you played. There was one season where you were the only Irish footballer who was playing in the Champions League, but were continuously overlooked for Irish squads. Did that irk you in any way, or were you just that's the way it goes? Uh, I was kind of a bit of both. That were like when it was happening. And there was a lot of pressure from the media, more so from the media saying that I should have been in it. Whereas myself, I was kind of like, if I get picked, I get picked. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I don't. They're not. You're, no, a, you're a fairly laid right. back customer, aren't you? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't have any right to to be there just because I'm playing in the Champions League. Like I might just wasn't their their style of player that, that they wanted. Yeah. Um, but then I felt when I moved to Poland, I went there like with the kind of the main reason I went there was to go play in a perceived to be a better league that it would put me in a better position to maybe make a squad. Um, And I went there and like continued my form from Cyprus. And it was kind of when I was there and doing well and I couldn't get into the squads. That was probably when I felt myself I I should be there or I, yeah. I could be there. I wouldn't feel out of place being there. Or like Absolutely. I'd like, I mean, playing against Barcelona, the new camp. You know what I mean? Well, it's, a lot of it as well, Eric, is timing, I suppose. Whereas if Killian was around playing and yeah, scoring at the yeah. level he was then, so we're crying out for a centre forward yeah, now. Yeah. Whereas you're Luckily probably we competing, have one. Well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> but you're looking, you're probably competing with Robbie Keane, Kevin Doyle, yeah, true, you know, Shane, Shane Long, Long yeah, the lads back yeah. then were... You know, but even going going back to that, I just mentioned it there, killing uh, playing at the new camp against Barcelona and Messi and all that. Like I read somewhere, you, you told Messi to to fuck off or something. That, it's, <laughs> it's a good headline. It's a, it's, it's good. It's it is a, a good headline. headline. <laughs> Go on, tell, He's a baby as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what happened there? Don't let the truth get in the way of a good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> no, basically, what I said was, like when you're playing players like that before the game in the tunnel. And you see them, you're standing beside them, you're kind of like, wow, fuck. Yeah. Messi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neymar, well, Suarez. Yes, they were And then you go out. And I was saying, like, once the game starts, okay, that kind of all goes out the window. And they're just another player. And there'd be times, like, when you'd go and, and maybe foul them, and he's rolling on the ground, or you don't think it's a foul, and you just will shout, like, fuck off, like, that's not a free kick, or that's not a foul. <laughs> So that's me telling Messi to fuck <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. That's the headline, lads, for the podcast. Killing Sharon told Leo Messi to fuck off. Who's the most whole-profile player you ever told to fuck off? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. You have me on the spot there. Al, I wouldn't say Patrick you were... Berger. Patrick Berger? Yeah. No way. Patrick Berger has a great look at Killian. And Patrick, he does, actually, yeah. Patrick Berger was, actually, the time we played against him, was that the, the Liverpool reserve team at the time was unbelievable. Berger played McAllister, Danny Murphy, Redknapp. Yeah. Um, but he's probably the best looking footballer I ever played against as well. <laughs> he was like a film star burger. Patrick the hair Berger, greased yeah. back, the check. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, the big, chisel cheekbones yeah, and all that. Big six foot kind of four thing. monster yeah. in the midfield. Yeah. Um, so I told him fuck off and ran, Eric. All right, 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 right. <laughs> and he probably didn't understand you. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, Killian, you, you, you're um, you don't I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you, you're a vegan, is that right? A vegan? Yeah, you I'm, are. I say I'm vegan just because it's easy to. Say it. Okay. Like, I, I'm not a good vegan. I was about to say that. You're not a good vegan I'm because we're on this podcast 25 minutes. You haven't even mentioned it once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, to, I like to kind of take the piss out of vegans as well. So. Okay, right, right. And I, I can because I am one, so. Do you know of any other footballers who are vegans? There's, uh, I read recently, Hector Bellerin. Oh, right, yeah. But he's, I think Same he's a proper hairdo. one. He's a proper one, yeah. Yeah, he's full he's, on, isn't he? Um he just he goes out and eats the glass and all. United <laughs> defender that moved to Roma. Oh, Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's benefited you? I started doing it when I was in Cyprus. Maybe when I just moved to Ammonia in Cyprus. Well, it was the meat shit over there. And, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, it was too good. It was too good. <laughs> right, right, right. Souvlaki. And uh, I started doing it there just to see what it was like. Okay. And I noticed like a change within the first months six weeks like my energy everything was just better really just because I was eating 
better. So, so much better. Like I was eating far more vegetables than I would have had eating foods I wouldn't have eaten before. Yeah. And just in general was looking after my diet more. But who's to say if you're looking after your diet, like as meticulously as I was with with eating normal foods, then yeah. I might have had the same feeling. But it just worked for well, me. Well, you felt a palpable difference. I felt a difference. And that's why I was like, well, I'm just going to continue doing it. Yeah, yeah. So and because it was something I wanted to do rather than a diet being forced on me, it was never like a chore to right. not eating things. I wasn't eating things because I didn't want to. Yeah. As opposed to not being allowed to. Yeah. I, so I, that's I, why now like I'll I'll have fish, I'll have salmon, I'll okay. have the odd bit of chocolate and stuff. So I'm not like... I'm a, I'm oh, a very sound, strict. I'm a sound vegan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a vegan open to persuasion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I not a vegan. Don't even ask me. <laughs> you, do, do you know many vegans in the I league haven't Ireland? a clue. No, no? I was, this no? is the first vegan, vegan really? I've ever met. Oh, wow. No, I don't actually know of any. Um, I don't know if there's any in the league. Would there be? I'm not sure. They're in, in the in the League of Ireland. Yeah. Now I thought because of your vast knowledge of the League of Ireland, you might know. You interview you view these players all yeah, the time. No, I don't know. You know maybe if, maybe a few there. more will come forward now. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose I've they come out as a vegan. But the the options <laughs> open to people now is sure there's obviously life choices for everybody and that. But when we were growing up playing and all, it was it was never on the on the cards. I suppose that kind of stuff. Like, but nowadays, sure, all sorts goes nowadays. Oh, I know. Doesn't there? I know. I when know. I was, when I was in Poland, and uh, so like I went over there for had the first really good six months. And then in the second season, I had like, there was a 10 game stretch where I hadn't scored, but I was in myself. I thought I was still playing good, felt really good fit and everything. And uh, in my first six months, there was like when I hit the ground running, doing brilliantly, I was doing interviews with with people and they were talking about being vegan, my diet. I was doing yoga at the time. Okay. So they were like, oh, it must be because of this. Right. Like, you're doing so well, like this is the new thing. Ah. And then fast forward, like six months later and I wasn't scoring and I got a message. My agent told it to me that uh, he got a message from the president of the club and they were like saying, can you try and get Killian to, to start eating meat again? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they usually would have stick to beat you when you're yeah, not playing that yeah. or they perceive you're not as playing as well. Um, uh, Killian, I want, uh, Killian, I want to go back to um, your move from, from Celtic to to Bulgaria, which yeah. is, you know, in, you know, you think a lot of people playing the Scottish Premier League, they'll move to another Scottish team, they'll move to Britain. What was the, what was the inspiration to, to, to go to Bulgaria for you as a young man? Um, it came after I had like maybe three or four loan moves from Celtic, mm-hmm. and at the time it was it's a it's a weird one over there where if you're in a it's like a catch twenty two really where if you sign if you were in the last year of your contract the club wouldn't let you go on loan in case you went there done good for six months and then you can sign somewhere and they lose oh, you right. for, for nothing yeah, yeah. so oh, anytime you want yeah so anytime you wanted to go on loan you'd have to sign a year extension. Right. And I think that was until you're maybe 23 or 24. And I'd had maybe three or four loan deals or loan moves. And I just got to the stage where I didn't want to go on loan again. Okay. Um, and if a chance came up to for like a permanent transfer and then Bulgaria yeah. was, was, the lucky, was the lucky place to get me. And what was what was that like, you know, moving from, uh, you know, uh, you know, moving from okay, a young man from Cavan, Bailey Border, moves to Glasgow, which is such a, a football passionate city, divided in, 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 in two colours, obviously. And then moving to uh, Sofia, was it? In, yeah, in, in Bulgaria. Yeah, Sofia, like yeah. the cultural change, the language barrier. I read somewhere that in order to convince you, they brought your whole family over to watch a match yeah, or something. Yeah. Was that, what I was don't that? know if that almost backfired on them because they took me over to a Levski CSK. Levski, like the big derby, yeah. the Eternal Derby, I think it's called. And it was their, it was a weird one. It was the first game of the season and it was this derby. And uh, yeah, they brought me and my parents over and we're watching and it's like the fans there are nuts and they're just like mm. throwing flares and fireworks in at each other. And you're just kind of sitting there watching it like <laughs> this is where, this is where you're coming to play. Um, but yeah, I had, that was probably the only time when I kind of had second thoughts and doubts over it. Not not for the from the game and the fans. Right. But just how different Sophia was. Yes. It was just so like you say, so different to first from Cavan to then to Glasgow. Um to at least was, in European yeah, capital yeah, city. And, and I was the young, language barrier as well. I was young, I wasn't going over like open to different cultures or anything. I had no interests to learn the language. And I didn't I could have done things a lot, lot better. Right. And it might have went it might have went better. Mm-hmm. Um 
But in saying that, when I first went over, everything was going good, was playing. We qualified for the Europa League. Everything was good. And then things are a bit more volatile over there where if a manager isn't doing good for, say, two or three bad results, he'll he'll be sacked. They'll kick okay. players out. Yeah, at the nuts. drop of a hat, it's yeah, it's it's, it's a very bit, reactionary. It's a bit mental, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned the 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 bringing going over the Levski and CSK, which is the dar- big big derby in Sofia. Like, what? And did you ever get to play in one of those matches then, yourself as a player? And yeah, I was involved in one. Um, was it the first season? But I wasn't in the team. I was on the bench, and I came on. And at half time, uh, we played them away. And at half time, the riot police came in and cleared out the full away fans. They wow! Just basically, like to just came in and just almost bulldozed them out of the stands because of trouble. Yeah. And the right. second half, we played. I think we won three nil or two nil, but we played the full second half without just a complete empty away stand. So that was a bit. A bit surreal, yeah. And like, is that the maddest game you've ever kind of played in, or do you, is there any other? <laughs> maddest? <laughs> tell us, Killian. Not even close. Tell I'd us, say. tell us the maddest, most passionate atmosphere you've ever played in. The the derbies in Cyprus were were good. Um, okay, I was never never involved in a Celtic Rangers game, um, but the ones in Cyprus, Apoel and Ammonia were were very very good. Um, and you you played for Apoel? Apoel were the first club you joined in Cyprus. Yeah, and, and they were a good side. Yeah, we were good. We won we won the league and the cup both seasons and then my contract finished and I joined Ammonia, the, the rivals. rivals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's but like it was actually all right for me. I never I didn't get too much abuse hassle or anything. Okay. No. Apoel fans liked me. And it was more of a case they were letting me go. I was a free tra- I was a right. free agent. It wasn't like you demanded the move. No, and I I wasn't like I didn't do them over or anything yeah. to move. And previously it had happened a few players leaving Ammonia to Apoel that left like in a bad way and I think because I wasn't Cypriot as well I was a foreigner that wouldn't really have meant the same right so I never actually really had much other than the, the normal stuff you'd get in games like yeah. from from opposing fans of course but nothing yeah, yeah. like the standard stuff nothing really yeah what about yourself Al you've played in you've played across Europe as well like is there any uh, matches that you remember having such a particularly intimidating atmosphere we, or? we played I suppose the most intimidating one was the Hajduk split one oh, that, that time oh, yeah, and them. over there and we got a late goal as well which kind of kept us our noses ahead in the tie in the first leg Alan Moore popped up with a late goal which obviously we brought it back to Talca and that's when Roger scored the brilliant volley yeah yeah but and a bit of needle broke out amongst the players. Obviously, it, it kind of was... When we wa- like I'm sure Killian has the experience of we went into the ground first and three hours before the match, the place is packed and wow. the fans are going bananas, like bouncing up and down. We were thinking, oh, what's going on here? Like, yeah. um, But it was a brilliant atmosphere to play in. Then, obviously, as I said, we got the draw. It was They were... You get you get disrespected so much across Europe as well because they're looking down their noses at us like you know who's this Irish crowd coming over? Yeah. Then we put it up to them, um, so a needle broke out amongst the players as well. Okay, yeah, so a little bit of needle Old on Harry, the pitch. Jim Crawford, right. there was a few like uh, big characters, and mm-hmm. obviously getting involved in that. Pat is feisty as well as you know Pat Fenlon. Um, so that festered into the second leg as well, and they didn't like the fact that we had beaten them over here as well. So that was probably the most hostile we played. Levski. As well with Dundalk, we got absolutely annihilated. But that's what brought me back to Levski, Zafi and uh, CSK. So yeah, they had a couple of European ones, but they were always the ones that stood out Eric, in terms of being a footballer in the country here because the European stuff is where it's at, like you know. And a lot of lads go away young, and you might go to League One, League Two clubs in England. You never get the chance to play in Europe. Yeah. Like the European games are phenomenal for for young Irish lads here and the opportunities that are there for them. You know. Well, it's it's a, it's a point I raised on the last podcast and the first podcast and the recurring theme. Like we had Damien Delaney in the first episode, who's had a, you know a glittering Premier League career with Crystal Palace and Hull, and. Um, uh, Ian Hart was there and Ian Hart was talking about ticking boxes and he mentioned you know Champions League Premier League blah 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 World Cup and uh, Damien said he only ticked that Champions League box when he moved back to Ireland uh, to sign for Cork City and they were playing in the uh, in the qualifying rounds for the Champions mm. League so as you say it is a pathway to play at the highest level even when you come back to Ireland you was a much travel footballer Killian. have you ever considered moving home and taking up football and playing the League of Ireland? Uh, well, I mean, I've been everywhere, so yeah. I'll never ever rule out going somewhere. Would you not find it boring? It's, ne- it's never came up. Okay, right. It's never um, been an option. No, so it's never something I've t- 
turned down really. Yeah. Um, so the league, league of Ireland yeah. clubs out there looking for the big striker for next season when his man is recovered, he's available. Okay, he's going to come back home. The glorious home return of Killian Sheridan. <laughs> yeah, my agent's phone is always on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the fact that um, I love the fact that your, your your podcast is called the Sheriff Show with Lewis Capaldi, and Lewis Capaldi obviously is never there. Okay, so when I read the little synopsis for each episode, it says. Uh, Unfortunately, it couldn't couldn't appear. <laughs> so in his in his stead, we have a guest, whoever the guest is, and a lot of them are Scottish comedians and whatever. And it, it, it's a great thing. It makes me think that we should call this podcast uh, "House of Football" with Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, because because it's a genius idea. Because when people Google podcasts and Lewis Capaldi. I did that, and invariably your podcast comes up. Did it? Yeah, as in the first couple of rows, which is so brilliant. It's working. It is, of course, it's working, Killian. And That's I'm why I started the podcast. <laughs> uh, just kind of to to do something. Yeah. I'd done one years ago when I it was in fact when I moved to Poland, I started doing one and then stopped doing it. And then when I got injured last season, I was saying, right, I'm going to go back and and do one, um, and just like ever, just never got around to it. And then when I came back fit these guys in Glasgow got in touch with me and were like if I was interested in doing a podcast I was like yeah let's let's yeah. go and do it so just but it's, I yeah. thought it was, it was kind of just getting myself out there and mm, yeah. doing something and see what comes of it rather than if I sit about doing nothing nothing's going to happen so who would you who would be your dream guest on that podcast Killing if you had one if you had a choice <laughs> Lewis Capaldi I mean I've said yeah everyone, everyone <laughs> does say like why don't you try and, and get actually him. get him on yeah but then has, he, has he ever reached... picked up the fact that you have the name included He's aware of it, yeah, but right. I've never asked if he if he'll come on because yeah. I'm kind of like if he comes on, then that's kind of it done. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where that's does, the mystique all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where does it go from there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the way I I think we should rename. I'm just talking to the producers in the sound bill here. House of Football with Cristiano Ronaldo was the new name of this podcast. <laughs> and eventually, what he'll no, do you know he'd never do it though, would he? Because he'd want to do every single podcast. And then he'd want, and look, if we wanted him to finish with 15 minutes to go, we'd just walk out of the studio, storm out like he did. <laughs> he'd want to ask the question and answer as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, There'd be no yeah. room for you. <laughs> um, uh, Maybe he'll bring a shirt for me. Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, there we go. If he ever comes on, we want Killian to finally get that shirt yeah. and ask him for PKs as well. Um, Killian, like, like, you played like in a historic game for Ireland as well. The very first game at the Aviva uh, for the Irish national team, and you started that game against Argentina uh, in the Aviva. With Messi and all, and uh, and I like, and, and like when you joined the Irish squad, you hear all these things about an initiation song. Did you have to do that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. And yeah. what was the song you sang? I, th- I think my initiation song got me my caps. No way. That's yeah. That's, that's how powerful it was. That's how good it was. Okay, come on. Tell yeah, us was, the song. Um, so we went down for the dinner, and the lads are like saying, "Oh, you have to do your song," and I didn't know what I was going to do. So they were going through like all these different ideas what I could do. Darren O'Dea said, "Just go up and make up a." Just freestyle rap, like make up a song on the spot. He was like, "That'll be brilliant." And then I thought of something similar, but I didn't. I didn't tell anyone what I was going to do. So anyway, I got up, up in the chair. I don't know if I was up last, and uh, I started off Eiffel sixty five blue. So like, I start the song. Yo, listen up, here's a story. And then when it comes to the chorus bit, yeah, just before that, I've just went, and he ain't got nobody to listen to listen. Remix. <laughs> I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. Ah, nice, 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 nice. And I just had Trapatoni looking at me like, "What the fuck is I this?" I hope Robbie Keane. <laughs> I hope you got a standing ovation. <laughs> like Robbie Keane and Damien Duff went. This is our. This is our new striker. Yeah, I'm, I think that's. I a bit put of my, I put that, my I like caps. <laughs> I put my caps down to that. Absolutely, to your singing and improvisation abilities, yeah. brilliant. And it was any weird initiation ceremonies? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit? No, not about the Leeds ones. I'll go on. Tell we, us. You will definitely be arrested. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah, so, but normal <laughs> sing songs, yeah, 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 like that. Um, but Sweet Caroline, I'm sure you know this, Eric. Sweet Caroline's my favourite. Singing course, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is your party. Famous piece. for the Sweet Caroline. So, so that would that be your go to song if yeah. someone asks you to do it at initiation? Absolutely. The League of I don't think happen? you'd even have to ask me. I just go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> the manager coming into it for the team talk. Before you start, Gaffer. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I like that, Al. I like that taking control of it. Um, Before I went to Dundee, or like just when I'd signed, I was thinking. I'm going to have an initiation song. They were like almost excited. <laughs> Here I go. Here's my chance. And for the first like, maybe two weeks before I'd 
moved up close there. I was driving up and down from Glasgow, so like it's about an hour and a half drive. And uh, I was like, right, what's what song can I do that'll top my previous ones? So I was decided I was going to do Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, right. from start to finish. I hear a cappella. Okay. <laughs> And I spent about two weeks in the car every day with that song on repeat. So I'd know every word. More thoughts gone into the singing than the football. <laughs> I never got, never had to do one. Oh, never had to do it. Yeah, never had to do it. Ah, do you know, I, I would have. Come on, I give us a bar uh, now. I would have done what Al did there and saying, listen, I've been spending two weeks on this. He's like, here, yeah. when he's like, yeah. Yeah. Garaboosh, yeah. Garaboosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good. And what about, like, like, when you, when, like at the foreign clubs that you played for, Killing, was there any anything like that culture initiation songs for yeah. new players? There yeah. was, yeah. Poland, yeah, I'd done, um, I'd two over there. I'd done uh, You Sexy Thing. <laughs> no, You Sexy, I Believe in Miracles. You sexy thing, yeah. Yeah. Done that in Poland. Uh, Israel had a good one. No, Israel had done the same. Oh, did you? Not very original. Right, let yourself down there, kill you now. Yeah, yeah, come on, that, kill you. that was a weird one. That was, um, we went to do a pre-season camp in Hungary. Right. Uh, this big complex owned by one of the sheikhs in Qatar, I think. And uh, the president of the club, so at first, there, there was like one table here all the players, there was a table with the managers and stuff. And then in the middle, the president brings his family, who's weird. Okay. And like every few days, more people from his family would arrive with their kids and stuff. So there was the players table. Yeah. Then the president and his family. And like, the ever growing like, table. Like his grandkids and stuff <laughs> running around. So like there's a video of me doing the song, doing my initiation for the song, kids, and then you just see like little random kids running about in normal clothes. It looks like I'm just doing it like in a hotel lobby or something, <laughs> or in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, um, I suppose look, you're you're great on social media, Killing. Um, uh, like you, you come across as a very likable, very uh, very witty kind of guy, and I suppose it lends itself to you getting into the podcast world because I suppose podcasts are an extension of your social media profile to an extent, kind of kind of a way um, um, one of the, the the most recognisable tweets I suppose which was really really well done and would have forwarded you, further endeared you to the Celtic fans was Rangers qualifying for the Champions League and you responded you said something along the lines of relax lads what's the big deal oh, I played yeah. in it three times <laughs> <laughs> like that. did you get much of a reaction I didn't know no. I, I thought I would have got a lot more yeah. stick from us yeah um, no I got away with that one yeah okay. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got away with it in terms of like I got all the love for it, yeah, without getting the much stick. hate for it. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> don't know, don't know how I got under the radar with that one. Um, Alan, like you, you're, you're like, obviously you, you came to a time where you your time was up at Leeds. You returned home, uh, signed for UCD. Was that with a view, Al, to giving yourself an education as well, planning already for a life beyond football, or had you even at that stage said? I still, I'm still all in. I still want to make it as a professional footballer at the highest level. Or what? What was your thinking there? No, the UCD thing just came about by chance. Or okay. nothing to do with education at all. Right. Paul Doolan was the manager, mm -hmm. and I was home for a few weeks, trying to decide what I'm going to do. I could have stayed on with a couple of lower league clubs in England, but I had my time done at that stage. I just wanted to come home. I had four years done, and I was treated pretty badly towards the end at Sheffield Wednesday. So again, going back to the homesickness thing, I just wanted to come home, and. I was up here in Dublin actually for a couple of weeks. My mates were living and working up here. Can I ask you, when you say you were treated badly in what way? Just in the sense that, and Killian Lotus, we were, Sheffield Wednesday at the time, for some reason, Peter Shreve just turned on me after, um, I actually went up to Scotland. We played in a pre-season friendly and I had signed like a year and a half's contract for Sheffield Wednesday and that last three months of the season, um, I was doing quite well and the last day of the season I was called into the squad and travelled with the squad the first team squad to Fulham right. in a championship match now I never was on the bench but I was part of the squad so I went home in the summer thinking things, right. things are going well here yeah. so I got went home that summer got myself as fit as I could, could went back in pre-season absolutely flying thinking my chance is only around the corner here so as we were kind of getting into the pre-season they were going on a tour of Scotland at the time up to play Kilmarnock and Dunfermline I think it was so a day before they were due to travel, he calls me up to the first team squad and says, you're travelling with us. Things have gone well in pre-season. Uh, so I was thinking, here we go now. This is it. Like, you know, so went up to Scotland, came on as a sub against uh, Kilmarnock. It was for a half an hour played. 
then we're playing Dunfermline in the next game no sorry the opposite way around I came on against Dunfermline didn't play against Kilmarnock in the second match but we were in the kind of reception area in Rugby Park afterwards and the reserve team manager came over to me and said um, have you rang home yet and I wasn't disappointed the fact that I hadn't come on because I was yeah. feeling like I'm part of the squad yeah, here you know things are going well um, and he says to me have you rang home yet and I says no he says I think you should ring home so straight away you're thinking something's gone wrong at home. Yeah. So it rang home anyway and turns out my granny had passed away. Yeah. But my dad rang the club, knew I was away playing with the first team and said to the club, don't tell him until after the match because he knew it was a chance for me as well. So he didn't want me distracted by that. So I went up to the front of the bus to Peter Shreves and said, look, Gaffer, you had to call them and all that crack. So I said, Gaffer, I'm, I'm heading back. Um, and before I, I was even, the words came out of my mouth, he said, I know, son, I've heard all about it. He said, you get yourself home and we'll see in four or five days, take take a few days or whatever. So I thought, fair play, that sound yeah. of him, you know. And I, I went home for, I think it was four days, Eric. And as much as I was, like, obviously upset about my granny, I knew there was a chance for me. So I was trying to get back as quickly as I could. Went back and he literally just turned. And for whatever reason, I don't know, to this day, I still don't know, just completely turned. He'd be stopping me in training sessions and just basically hammering me for every little thing I was doing. And even some of the lads, I got to the point where the lads are coming up saying, what's going on here? Like last week, he was all over you. And this week, like you can't do anything right. And I was kind of like, didn't know. So his assistant at the time, Terry Yarrett, who was grumpy at best, um, Shreve's got the sack. There was about six months left of my contract. And at that stage, I was thinking, I'm done here as long as Shreve's is here because we were basically part of, as Killian is known, if you're not part of the plans, they shun you and just treat you like dirt in places, you know. And we were part of that squad. Six or seven of us training on our own, this kind of crack. Um, so he got the sack and Yarrett took over, which was another disaster because he had, he had been basically understudy to everything that Peter Shreve's going. So at that stage, it was the same scenario for four or five months. I just wanted to come home at that yeah. stage. And that's why I ended up coming back here. And the, So while you were essentially bullied, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, nowadays, that's yeah, how, yeah. Now, like, I wouldn't phrase it like that because I love that side of it, Eric. I think it's gone too soft now. Okay. And um, in England, it was a hard school, as Killian knows. Like we had a fella called Dave Murrington at Leeds and he pinned me to the wall one day like it was mad crazy stuff and it was sink or swim kind of stuff right. but I kind of enjoyed that so it's like almost almost like that American drill instructor like yeah, you know yeah, in your yeah, face kind absolutely. of thing trying to motivate you yeah like and yeah. I could tell you all sorts of stories yeah. with different bollockings you would have got over the years and, and it was like that sink or swim some people were able to handle it others sank but when I came back then Paul Doolan was the manager here and he was kind of a similar ilk old school like that brilliant manager brilliant coach but I loved working under him mm-hmm. him and Pat are probably the best I worked under but I suppose in a long winded answer to your question it was nothing to do with the education I okay. was still playing and thinking you know I want to do well it was the Shells thing that fucked me up because when I went to Shells UCD put in an objection I was kind of the big yeah, the big signing at the time the with, with, with Glenn the time, Fitzpatrick yeah, yeah. and Basically, I got caught in a in a squabble between Ollie Byrne and Dick Shakespeare at the time. Uh, they were looking after UCD because at the time, under 23s, I think that you had to pay a compensation if they were there for two years or longer. Right. But I was only a year and a half at UCD. So Pat and Shells took me on a free transfer to Shells, did the preseason flying, picked in the team ahead of Wezzo. We were playing, obviously, the Shamrock Rovers on the Friday night and Pat pulls me into the gym uh, two hours before and he says, I can't play you. I was thinking, what do you mean you can't play me? Sure, I'm, I've done all preseason. Yeah. I'm named in the team. He says, you sit here after putting an objection. Wow. He says, will you just let me get the game out of there and we'll sort it in the morning. 11 weeks later, I was coming out of the high courts with fellas coming out with fucking handcuffs and all I want to do is play a game of football. So it set me back 11 weeks. Wow. And that kind of fucked things up, to be honest with you. So you got sent to Mount Joy? More or less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and by the time I came back then, the team was settled. Now I contributed to the team and yeah, we won the league but, did, yeah. but um, yeah it was a bit of a disaster Killian how important is it for the player um, to, to to go into like and you've you've played under numerous managers but how how important is to feel that love from the manager do you, like is there is there moments look because you've travelled around uh, you were playing for different clubs is there always a moment when you're with that club and you go alright this is the end you know do you feel it is it because of the manager or is it because of the lack of playing time like, have you ever experienced, say, what Alan has gone through there? Like, with no, I've I've been lucky enough where I've never been in the situation of being pushed out of a club right. to where they're making me train on my own to force me to leave. Um, I've pretty much everywhere I've left on good terms. On good terms, okay. Um, 
which is about 14 or 15. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, That's a lot of people who kept happy, though, Philip. Uh, with the managers, I've never really... I don't like when players blame a change in managers right. for for them not for them not playing right. or for them not doing well. Yeah. I find it kind of, it's a, can sometimes be an easy excuse. Excuse. Yeah. And you can't that's just my opinion, but mm-hmm. you can't you can't like gamble on the manager liking you if you're gonna play or not. And then if you're if you're kind of putting all your eggs in the basket of because the manager likes me I'll play mm-hmm. if the manager leaves then what are you going to do then you're kind of you're stuck where oh well I was I was the manager was a big part of me why I was playing like yeah you hear that you hear that you know the the, the, the that famous old cliche the manager has lost the dressing room mm-hmm. you know and um, players have down tools yeah which is such an odd expression like but it, have you ever seen that happen like is it is it a thing in dressing rooms where you know the talk amongst the players is this manager hasn't got a fucking clue and we're just going to just not play. Or Have you experienced that in any way? Or have you seen I've that? I've experienced it where things just aren't, things just aren't happening. Right. And it's not like, you'll never go, as much as players might not like a manager. I've been in really successful teams and good teams where players didn't really like the manager or did complain about training and stuff, but you'd still, it's it worked it's, and you'd and you'd be winning. Because they were just doing their thing anyway. Yeah, the players. yeah, yeah. We're like, you're never going to go out and... Like, Deliberately underperform. That, that, that lose the well, dressing I, I, room is kind of... It's, it's a misnomer, really, yeah. Like players yeah. Well, I, think like, that, oh, well, I just think nowadays they've so much power, Eric. The players? Yeah. yeah. They've so much power, they're getting so much money. Like, you're probably thinking of that Chelsea scenario, a Potter maybe. They could be looking at him thinking, who's this fella? Yeah, they call and him the, the PE teacher And or this something, kind yeah. of stuff, which is a total lack of respect yeah. for the man. You know, it's a scandal, really. Mm. That, and, and you could see that in their performances and their body language. I just think they've so much power now. But I would have seen situations where, and there would have been loads, where... There would have been lads out of the team, and as Killian says, you're out of the team because the manager doesn't think you're performing well, or whatever the case may be. But those two or three can ruin the whole squad yeah. by bitching in the corner, moaning, whatever the case may be. Like that goes on massively all over the place. So it's a it's a it's a tough job to try and manage 16, 18 lads, keep them all happy. And yeah. that's where the best managers, I think, come out that they're able to manage all those egos and different things. But I think it's getting harder and harder for them now. So. With that in mind, what do you think of the situation where Chelsea have brought back in Lampard, who has played, who has managed players who were already still there at Chelsea, mm. so he's coming back to them, and also Ted Bowley has provided them with another twenty-five players yeah. for worth five billion or something. Uh, do you, what do you think of that move? In, in, uh, I was baffled by it, to be honest yeah. with Jerrica, and I like Lampard as a player, mm-hmm. great, great career that he had, but he's failed as a manager, and he's had two or three opportunities now like you'd, you'd allow someone especially a young manager maybe failing the first time and if you're failing at Chelsea it's not really failing when they're sacking the managers every kind of year 18 yeah. months whatever the case may be so I always thought maybe he would get a chance again but he got a chance at Everton and it was every bit as bad Yeah. so then the fact that he's gone back in at Chelsea it baffles me a little bit now funny enough the players would probably look at him with more respect than they might have looked at a Potter whereas Potter to me is an a hundred times a better coach than what Lampard is. Yeah. And he's probably proved that in his time so far um, with his CV that he's built up. But because Lampard was probably the great player that might have more of a f- kind of um, soft spot for him, maybe some of the players. The but fans I, will be more patient anyway. Well, they, lo- well, they love him think. as well as, a, yeah. as, as their hero. But um, it was just a strange one for me. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And I think he's very lucky to be getting the opportunity he's getting. He really is. Um, all right, lads, we're going to move on to a new section of the podcast, which is called Word Association, right? Uh, so basically, Killian, I'm going to give you, I'm going to say 10 things to you. And after each thing, you give me a one word answer. Okay. First thing that comes into your mind. Okay. And then we'll go to you, Al, all right? All right, I'm glad so, you've gone with Killian first. This is new to me. <laughs> is it strict, strict, strict uh, on the one word? Right, so we have 60 seconds. Yeah, give me a one word answer and I'm allowed to stop the clock twice. Lads, can I get a clock going? 60 second clock. <laughs> you can have a ticking in my ear if you like. Uh, okay, Killian. So uh, as I said, I'm going to say 10 things to you. You give me one answer. If I like the answer, I might stop and go, tell us a little bit more about that. All right. <laughs> so here we go, Killian. All right. Glasgow Celtic. Glasgow Celtic. Of course. <laughs> okay, that's you know, two words, but anyway, league, that's all right. The League of Ireland fan. <laughs> Say that again. The League of Ireland fan. On the street. Celtic, of course. Ah, oh, <laughs> this man. He this man. He's sharp, this boy. This man, of course. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't do, I didn't do his accent <laughs> much. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Lewis Capaldi. Killian Sheridan. 
<laughs> Lionel Messi. Killian Sheridan. <laughs> the Banshees of Inisherin. Overrated. Oh! Why do you think it was overrated? I just, I enjoyed it, but yeah. I just didn't get the hype. Yeah. You didn't see was, why it was, it was Oscar good, nominated. It was a good film and yeah. nicely shot. Everything like was funny. I haven't but seen it. Just, just, you don't just, bother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fontaine's DC. Music. I don't know them too well. Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Halloween. Breffney Park. Killian Sheridan. <laughs> NBA. Uh, NBA. Dreams. League of Ireland. League of Ireland. Unknown. Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Oof. Chill. Right, yeah, I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed with one answer there. Oh, was that? And we've built up a bit of a relationship here over yes. this last 40 minutes. League of Ireland, you didn't see Alan Cawley. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al, it's your turn now. Okay. William Butler Yates. Sligo. Westlife. I should have been in it. <laughs> <laughs> I know the lads well. I'm a better singer than Nicky. <laughs> and you're from Sligo. Exactly, an yeah. Sligo boy band then. Okay, uh, Wes Hillhan. Gifted. Stephen Kenny. Optimistic. Fair City. Eric Lawler. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Kane. Lethal. Ben Bulban. Sligo Town. Avocados. Shite. Fashion. Alan Cawley. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way the two of you uh, answered for yourselves in, in several of those questions. But, uh, <laughs> there's not an awful lot to dip in there, lads, but it's uh, it's, it's uh, brilliant answers. Thanks very much. And uh, we have come to the end of the, the, the this week's episode of House of Football wow. with Sports Joe and William Hill. And you're right, Allah has flown by, but I'd like to thank my guest this week. We've had Killian Sheridan, former Irish footballer and nomadic footballer, an amazing and such an interesting career. Don't forget to check out his podcast. The Sheriff Show with Lewis Capaldi. You find it on all podcast platforms. And Mr. Alan Cawley, one of the best pundits in the game, and uh, a man whose opinion I really do value. I love his opinions on the League of Ireland. And uh, so, lads, thanks very much for joining me. Pleasure, Eric. Thank you very all much. Right. Thanks very much. We'll see you all again next week. You've been listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill.